did they do it? How did they do it? You're listening to the How Did They Do It podcast with Kostas Panayotou. Welcome to the How Did They Do It podcast, where you can join me in conversations with inspirational individuals who transform their lives to find their own freedom. For this episode, we're going a bit back in time to 2017, to be more precise, when I conducted this interview with ethical business owner Jaya Patel. Once in a while, we all meet a person in our lives who seems to live and breathe for their unique talent to inspire and bring other people together. And those people are not necessarily what would call successful. Their success doesn't always translate into material wealth. But it doesn't mean that they cannot achieve wealth, and indeed they often do as a side effect of their strong work ethic which is based on their deeper values that lead them to positive action. However, the gains are first and foremost internal. Their influence upon others cannot be measured solely by quantitative figures. It's rather akin to a slow-burning flame which is passed on in an almost unnoticeable and inconspicuous manner to the people around them. Their leadership is powerful and infectious yet they don't shout, demand or intimidate. I believe that J.A. is such a person and in the 30-minute interview that follows my introduction, I'll speak to her about her life and food philosophy, what motivates and drives her forward, how her customers react to her work. You will hear about her holistic views and how the ancient Ayurvedic philosophy influences her cooking methods. Her approach has a strong effect on her customers whose loyalty and enthusiasm are visible to anyone who has ever set, whoever set foot in Tikadi, J.S. Veggie Heaven. Sadly, the store doesn't exist anymore in Bister, but um, J.S. philosophy lives on in, um, in her more recent cooking ventures in Oxford. This is a rather noisy interview, shall we say. It was conducted um, in the shop where J.A. works. You can hear the cooking in the background. You can hear coffee being made, you can hear some customers, but uh, I think it really, really captures quite well the whole vibe and energy in Jaya's store and um, how her philosophy is coming through. So this is Jaya in her natural environment and I'm sure you will enjoy this. Jaya, thanks a lot for, uh, for this interview. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, perhaps anything that you feel our listeners will find useful in understanding your business a bit better as well? Oh, my name is Jaya. I'm Indian. I'm from Gujarat, which is in the middle of India. Um, traditionally, we're um, predominantly we're vegetarians, so I come from a family of vegetarians. And the business idea and the business comes from the fact that I love cooking, I love my food, and in Oxfordshire, in all the time I've lived here, I'm never able to get a decent vegetarian meal. Whenever I go out, it's a very limited choice, and I actually. Um, get really annoyed because whenever I go to a restaurant or somebody says to me let's go out to eat I always end up saying mm, well you know let, let's not let come to my house I'll cook and I always end up cooking anyway and um, I feel that when I do go out I feel quite dissatisfied at the meal that I've had um, because there are a lot of choices there's egg in the pastry or there's egg in it or some of the cheeses that they use has meat in it and um, so it's very much like, uh, is, uh, is it really vegetarian or is it not vegetarian? So I tend to stick to the choices that I know are definitely vegetarian, which isn't a big choice really, it's either yes. chips or, yeah. you know, 
a, a sandwich or, mm. or some of the pizzas, but not all the pizzas are vegetarian. No, so it's More quite yeah. yeah. So yeah. I thought to myself, okay, I, I'm a decent cook and I like cooking. Why don't I open yeah. a place where people can come and enjoy? A, a holistic meal that's pure vegetarian and they don't have to worry they could eat anything in the shop yeah. without even having to ask is it vegetarian yes you know and yeah. that that feeling of being able mm -hmm. to take the responsibility away from yourself in choosing it's lovely it really is lovely to be able to go through the menu and think i can order anything i want from here and i can be 100 percent sure it's going to be vegetarian yeah and that's why I decided to do this and it was accidentally that I'm here because a friend of mine um, had the shop and he was selling it and he said to me why don't you come and look at my shop and at first I was like no 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 I don't want to it's too far away mm -hmm. I'm in Oxford I don't want to work in Vista it's so far away I have to come 30-40 minutes every day yeah. and you know who wants to be in Vista I want to be in Oxford but then I thought he said why not come and have a look mm -hmm. and when I walked through the door I felt that feeling that I want to be here, and then here I am. Yes. So when you say you you felt that feeling you want to be here, was it the actual shop that gave you this vibe thing, or Bister Town as, well, as the, a whole? The, the, I think initially it was the shop itself, because yeah. I, I came into town and then I walked into this place, and I liked the feeling of it. I think a building has a soul. Yeah. I think a proper, because yeah. in the Hindu tradition we always think that a building has a soul yeah. and the soul is the people who hear and the, the feeling of it, you know, the, the light, how it is and I liked it and I, I thought I could work here and even though there are so many complications of being here, I still am happy and then when I met a lot of, when I did the research I walked around the shops and asked people what do you think and there was a lot of negativity, and there was a lot of ne negativity from my own family that, you know, Bister is not really the right place for you to be for ve vegetarian, vegan, mm. because maybe people will not accept you, because, you know, they're more English, traditional people live in Bister. Oxford is very um, multinational, so you would be okay, yeah. the business would be okay. But then when I actually did the research and walked around the town, it wasn't true. I met some amazing people that have travelled to India, people who are vegetarians, people who are vegans, people who knew vegans, people yeah. who knew vegetarians, and most people were very open-minded. Yeah. And based on that, I said to him, okay, I'll come and run the shop. Yeah. And that's where it started. And then now I feel like this is the right place for me. Yeah. Not Oxford. This is the right place because Bista needed something like this yeah. and I needed Bista. Yeah. So we actually are quite... You know, and people who come here are always very happy people, mm -hmm. and yeah. it's good. And I have to say, I, I, I would definitely, I would confirm it, watching the reviews for instance on Facebook, is full of people say, thank God, finally a place that we're seeking for such a long time. For myself, it's such a you know, great pleasant surprise as well. As you say, it's not the sort of thing you expect at the town centre of Bister, but my wife is vegan and it was great to find this place. I love vegan food myself anyway because mm -hmm. that's what I'm used to at home. Mm. Um, and to actually find this place and be able to, to see it and, and all the food that you make as well as the desserts is fantastic mm -hmm. and, and really very, very pleasant surprise. Mm. So um, a, a little bit more about the food then. Is it uh, presumably so you make most of it yourself, all of the stuff that is around here? I actually make 95% of the food myself. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the only things that we don't make is the breads because breads are really yeah. difficult to make. Yeah. And it's hardly mm -hmm. worth making because, yeah. like, if we're only selling uh, two or three 
uh, a day, it's yes. not worth making a batch of yes. paninis. It's easier and cheaper and yeah. cost-effective for the customer as well as for myself yeah. to buy it in when it's readily available. Yes. So that I buy mm-hmm. in. The the breads and the ba- baguettes and stuff we bake because we it's easier to bake those. Yeah. And the rest of the food I make. Yeah. I make all of the other food that you get anything you buy in my shop, you will find that I've more than likely made it. Yes, yes. And and the food is actually um, uh, my menu is uh, varied, so I've got some English, some Indian, some Italian, a um, little bit of Chinese and Indian mixed together. Um, so I kind of tried to create a fusion of food. So it's not an Indian shop. It's not just Indian. It's a vegetarian yeah. shop. Yes. So I would like a, a, the label to be like vegetarian and vegan shop rather than yeah. an Indian place. Yeah, but got it, yes. saying that a lot of the food yes. is Indian, vegan yeah. food mm-hmm. can be quite Indian, but, I mean, we make pasta, pizza, that kind yes. of stuff as well. And that's, so. of course, where your personal task comes, because that's your background, that's, that's yeah. you know, mm-hmm. what you know, so you bring definitely that influence there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and it's something that I definitely notice, it is, you have your own identity here, your own sort of uh, place in Bister. Would you say, I mean, if you were to say, what's your unique sort of selling point? being vegetarian, vegan, you mentioned that. Is there anything in particular about that as well? If you were to compare yourself with other vegetarian, vegan places that you feel is actually different here? It is, because my food is um, uh, an extension of myself, I think. Mm-hmm. It's not just food that... And I've, I've, I'm saying this from research I've done. Most of the places that sell vegetarian, vegan food, it's not made on the premises. A lot of the stuff is bought in. So they buy it in, that's available. Yeah. So it's the same, same thing. Like you get butternut squash or you get uh, some of the cakes that are like already ready-made off-the-shelf kind of places. Um, whereas we uh, make it, so it's all fusion and it's never the same. And that could be negative, but it's also positive in the sense like we don't have like a, a, a thing that we bought in a packet, opened it and served it. So it's the same every time. It's made with human hands and with human hands you never are gonna you know you make a cheese sandwich 50 times but each time it'll be a little bit different because it depends on your mood doesn't it yeah your yes. cheese sandwich is not always going to be exactly the same no, no. only if a machine is making it is going to be exactly the same yes yes otherwise it's never exactly the same no so that's i think a yeah. unique selling point is and also our unique selling point is anything you want we can do because we make it Mm-hmm. It's not from a packet that I can say, oh, I can't make that for you. Like the man came this morning, we had no pasta, and he said, really fancy pasta. And I said, I know it's on the menu, but we've stopped making it because nobody ever orders it. Mm-hmm. Oh, he said, I really fancied it. And I said to Luigi, you're Italian, gentleman wants pasta, make some pasta for the guy. And Luigi actually went into the kitchen, made the pasta for the gentleman, one portion, and he sat here in this chair. In fact, there's a pasta on the floor, look. <laughs> yeah, I can he see sat, the evidence is He here, sat in his, this chair yes. and ate the pasta, and he said, yeah. I have to say it was 10 out of 10. And I said, well, it has to be 10 out of 10 because <laughs> you've had freshly boiled pasta made by an Italian yeah. as it should be. Yes. Because he's an Italian from Italy that's just moved here. So you've just eaten traditional, authentic Italian pasta. Yeah. And he was like, wow, that's amazing. So we can do these things, but if you went to Greg's or Costa or any other place or a pub, 
or a restaurant, they wouldn't be able to do that for you because yeah. they stick to their already set menu things. It's a franchise, and so I don't think they're even allowed to make any changes no, to the menu. They have no, to, to stick, to, stick to, it, to what yeah. they're selling. Whereas yes. we don't have to yes. stick to anything. Like I've yeah. got people who will come and say, can I have that really spicy or can I have that not spicy? So mm -hmm. I can change it. Like this morning somebody came in with the first samosa chat very early. We didn't even do samosa chat till 11 o'clock and at 10.15 she said, I really want to take a samosa chat to work, can you make me one, please? Yeah. And I said, well, not ready, I haven't even cooked the chickpeas yet. Or she said, I'll wait. So I didn't cook the whole of it, I just cooked a tiny little bit for her and I made the samosa chat specially for her. And yeah. she was like, I'm really going to enjoy this, thank you so much. And we charged four fifty, and she gave us gave us a five pound note and said, "You deserve it." And oh she wow! Left. You know, so we can do these things, that's and amazing. that's special yes. for us. And I think yeah. if you yeah. did look at the reviews on Facebook, mm. I think people have actually said that yeah. when we've not had something, we've made something. Like you know, if, yes. if I haven't got it, I'll make it, or I'll diversify something so you get something. And people appreciate that definitely. Yeah, of yes, of course. Yeah. And I think I mentioned it once here, and I remember your response as well. I said I came and I said. Wow, you know, every time I come here, I see different things, and, and you say, "Well, that's so that you don't get bored." Mm. So, so it sounds like it's a bit—it's actually deliberate your philosophy of okay, let's see what we have here, what we can make, mm. and we'll take on board what people say. We'll try to vary the menu a little yeah. bit and see what really yeah. you know yeah. people like. Yeah, yeah. we've yeah. done that definitely. Like yeah. you know, with the uh, samosa chat and things, like a lady came today, and I—I I remember going somewhere and saying, "Oh, can the chef change this a little bit?" And the response was, "No." And the lady came today and she said to me, I don't like onions. Yes, that's fine. I'll make it for you without onions. Mm -hmm. And I made it for her. And I think th th nowadays that's missing. In the market, that's missing. If yeah. you go anywhere, it, and because of my own um, lack of satisfaction, the idea for this place came. And as I said before, I think I don't run this place purely for a business as a business. We run it more for the joy of it. Yeah, yes. And, and you can tell, I think, that really radiates in, in how everything is set up here. <laughs> and um, another question I had re regarding, related to this, now we're talking about sort of the business being more like a philosophy rather than just a business for the business. Um, I did notice at some point, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but that some yoga classes were being run on a Sunday yeah. morning. So can you tell us a bit more about, so again, part of your philosophy of incorporating a lot of different things? Yeah, well I wanted to give something back and I believe in yoga and I actually believe I'm a Hindu in yeah. my culture, yoga is part of it and breathing and thinking is part of it and I wanted to give something back uh, to my customers yeah. so I actually spoke to a lady and she did yoga and she started a new business doing yoga yeah. so it, it kind of helped her because she's a new business, mm -hmm. it helped me because I wanted to give something back to my customers and it helped my customers because we were fully booked on the first time we had it which was last month and we've got another one next month wow. so we're going to yes. continue to do the yes. yoga classes and it's more uh, yoga in of the mind so it's mindfulness, mindfulness so yeah. it's a yoga of the mind not the body yeah. So that's what I wanted to do. Like I wanted to give people something a bit more, and um, we did complimentary teas and coffees, so as it enticed people to come, and people really appreciated it. The ladies really did appreciate it. And they came back and they said it was so nice, and you know. Yeah. So and and it's great. also it's a part of giving something. Back. Yes. Yes, and again, that's but it sounds to me it's so. You actually mentioned the word holistic, and that's the idea that I'm getting actually. 
what we have here is not just yeah it is a veggie sort of deli but it's not just that it's you know there's something behind it which is much you know more about the lifestyle about a certain mm-hmm. way of, of doing things in general mm-hmm. yes okay so can you tell us a bit more I'm sure I mean you mentioned some of the challenges here which one is the fact you live in Oxford this place in Bister are there any other sort of challenges that you had to tackle in sort of setting up this place here uh, well um in, in like logistical parts, the fact that we don't have any storage here, yeah. um, the other one is that we don't have any parking here, yeah. um, we have no cash and carries here that I can buy my goods, I have to go all the way to Birmingham every time I run out of things, oh, okay. there's nowhere local I could buy stuff like I need, yeah. like special spices and things, yeah. so I've had to resort to going all the way to Birmingham or paying extortionate prices at Sainsbury's or wherever, mm. um, you know, where, you know, like I've, I've been and bought like a, six pots of cumin at £1.49 a pot and I use that in one time like six pots uh, is like wouldn't even last me two days because yes. we use cumin in so many things yeah and it, it was just ridiculous paying Expensive. that much money yeah, yeah. but whereas I could go to Birmingham buy a big five kilo bag from the warehouse and toast it myself at home yeah. like here yeah. in the shop yeah. and it lasts me at least two months yes yeah. that, that's a big difference isn't yeah, it yeah it's a big difference but we have yeah. to do it yeah and, yeah. and we couldn't mm-hmm. alter the menu because obviously menu's set already so we couldn't change the price of anything yes you know we had to just bear the cost yeah. that's a difficulty that we can't buy anything locally um, the difficulty was staff, and that difficulty is still here. Yeah. Um, getting staff who have any knowledge of the mm-hmm. food, because mm. my cooking is Ayurveda, and I haven't even started to tell people yet, because my staff just don't understand. So instead of confusing them, yeah. and then they're going to confuse my customers, mm-hmm. I have kept that quiet. But that is actually the biggest yeah. thing about this yeah. place, which will come out in time, mm-hmm. that all my cooking is based on, are you thinking of... Uh, the the rituals of Ayurveda, so I am cooking the food that you're buying and that you're eating. It's actually prepared Ayurvedically, and I'm mindful of what goes with what, what doesn't go with that. What's your health reasons why you should be eating this? Yes. I'm cooking like that already, but yes. this I don't know how to relay that message to the general public yet. Yeah. Yes. You know. And, um, and can you tell me, perhaps the listeners, a little bit more about Ayurveda, what, what it actually entails to, to, to use the Ayurvedic philosophy to, to cook food? Um, in in a certain uh, concept, if any, you know, most people can Google Ayurveda, um, way of cooking in, with Ayurveda in mind, mm-hmm. and if you Google you will find that there's so much information out there. But the basic information that I have is not from Google, it's from something that I learned as a child in India, or as a woman cooking um, the Indian way, because the Indian women are traditionally, from my age group, were brought up to cook, because we were brought up as, you know, to be a good wife, to be a good mother, and we learned these things. Mm-hmm. And most of it was learned mainly because almost passed on from mother to daughter, mother to daughter, without actually realizing why. And it wasn't until I started doing research into the Ayurveda, and my mind is very inquisitive, so I'm always asking why. Why can't you put this in there? You know, my mother would say, well, if you're cooking aubergine, wouldn't really put that in there. Or if you're cooking uh, okra, I wouldn't put ginger in it. And I'd say, why? Why can't I put ginger in okra? 
and then she would say, well, ginger doesn't go with okra. Well, why doesn't it go with okra? So then I would do research, and yeah. according to research, then I find out that okra has certain properties mm. within it. So you wouldn't put ginger in a dish that you would put okra in it, you would put garlic in it, because mm. okra and garlic go together, yeah. whereas okra and ginger um, conflicts. Mm -hmm. If you're cooking potatoes, um, in, in the English cooking tradition, or in normal English tradition, it isn't said about potatoes, but potatoes can produce a lot of vayu. Vayu is gas. Yeah. And if that gas is like when you eat something that's made of potatoes, too much potatoes, then you get that stomach, belchy stomach. Sort of. Yeah, yeah bloated yeah. filling, a belchy mm -hmm. stomach, or the need to burp, or the other way. Yeah. Um, but it, by adding ginger to it, ginger is a natural effervescent. So mm -hmm. it, it, yes. it, 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 it takes away that... That, gin, that that bloatedness. So when you're cooking potatoes, you would add ginger. Yeah. And in yeah. Ayurveda, that's how it works. Right. If you're putting turmeric yeah. in anything, you'd add black pepper to it. Yeah. So in that way, there is a reason why you cook something. For example, yeah. if you have aubergine or any hot item to eat, you wouldn't put other hot stuff in it like garlic mm -hmm. because it would just add so much body heat which your body really doesn't need. Yeah. So that kind of thing, you know, yes. like if you wouldn't mix milk and yogurt together, mm -hmm. so if you're making a dish, you wouldn't put yogurt and milk in it, you would only put yogurt in it. If you're eating a certain lentil, you wouldn't add yogurt to that, because yes. yogurt doesn't go with it, it conflicts the actual nutrients. Yes, yes. That was very interesting to hear, actually, and it's, it sounds like it's, it's almost like a, a philosophy, science behind it, really, it, about it, how this it really is a things science. work together. Yeah. Yes, yes. But I'm not scientific, I'm yes. not, I don't even have a degree in science or anything, I yeah. don't understand it fully, mm -hmm. but I know that in Ayurveda there are certain rules that you follow, yeah. and that's how it is. Yeah. You know, yeah. and for me, um, it's too late in the day for me to now start learning the scientific reasons for it. Mm. I'm, I accept that there's an Ayurvedic reason for it, yes. and for me that's enough, yes. and I cook with that in mind, yeah. so I don't profess to say to someone that if you eat this it's going to cure you mm. but for sure I know it won't kill them no you know like for example if I made for certain like when I'm making chickpeas I'll put ginger in it I'll put certain spices in it and I know that from how customers have come back again and again and again mm -hmm. that that it is good for them they have enjoyed it it hasn't had any side effects to them yeah. and and they're happy yes but you know sometimes I find if I go to an Indian restaurant but there aren't any Indian restaurants in Oxfordshire actually they're all either Bengali, Pakistani, or Nepalese. There oh, are that's no Indian. Yes. No, no Indian. Yeah. In the whole of Oxford, is no, there isn't. Yes, no. that's wow. No that's, Indian restaurants. No, yes. there are Pakistanis. There are um, uh, Bengali yeah. or Nepalese. Or there's a Punjabi restaurant in Central Town, but there are no Gujarati places. I'm the only yeah. Gujarati Indian, proper Indian place, and we have a different way of cooking. We yeah. don't add onions to everything. We don't add tomatoes to everything. Yeah. If you notice my cooked food, it's not it doesn't have onions and tomatoes in everything. I don't put garam masala in no. everything. Yes, it's completely cooked in a different yeah. way. Yes, yeah. Well, now that you mention it, I think about these things, but that's not the sort of thing as a customer that you would normally think about. But yeah, it makes sense. Hmm. Yes, and uh, we have discussed a little bit about the past and about the present. Can you tell us a little bit more about the future as well? About your goals, dreams and aspirations about this place, where do you see it going from here? Um, well, I would like it to be a place that people can come to for 
a purpose, like for example, just have a nice quiet drink of coffee or tea and to feel better. Mm-hmm. That's that's what my goal would be. Yeah. That people could come, somebody can come here yeah. just to de-stress or feel some TLC. Yes. TLC. I think that that's what I'm trying to do to get give some TLC. Yeah. Okay, we do charge, but I try to keep my charge lo- as low as I can, mm-hmm. so people can come and have some TLC. Yes. That's what I would like, actually. Yeah. Yeah. That that's that's my goal. I think mainly the fact that um, food is, um, I think everything in human happiness, it relates to food. Yeah. Um, so our memories are based on food and what we remember things by food, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you remember your parent or your mother and the basic instinct of a person, you always remember what your mother made at what time stage of your life and a lot of memories based around that and a lot of our smell memories it's based around food mm. and I think food is so important mm. and um, when we uh, make food like when customer order food and we make the food and they eat the food and they tell us how happy that you can see on their face and that for me is like happiness like that's joy and I think that there's no other thing that can give you that joy. Yeah, yeah. Like in in because basic needs mm-hmm. of a human being is food yeah. to eat and somewhere to sleep, really. Yeah. If you think about it, mm-hmm. and if you have that, then that's yes. like, you know. I think when you said limitation, my uh, limitation would be uh, something that amazing would be like if I could just cook, lots of food, and feed people and wouldn't even have to charge them. That would be. So in a words, without the limits, that's what you like to be doing. Just because yeah. you enjoy so much sharing the experience mm. of of making the food really with yeah. other people. Yeah, yes. that would be amazing. Like, yeah. um, like you know, the Gudwara. We went to the Gudwara yesterday. A Gudwara is a Sikh temple yeah. where you can go any time of the day, and they would feed you a meal, and it, no questions asked. They don't ask you if you're rich or you're poor. It doesn't matter what nationality you are. It doesn't matter if you speak. You don't speak. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You can walk in there. They will give you food. I would be love to be able to do that, to be able to just cook and feed people, cook and feed people. Yes. That would wow. be amazing. An amazing prospect it, it, that, to actually do the thing that you love doing and, and to just, you know, it's, it's just, it's a way of life, isn't it? It's not just, you know, mm-hmm. the cooking. For some people, it's just a job. You make the food, you go home and sit. No. But it sounds to me that for you, it's like, it's kind of, what really part of it, you know? I think that if it was just a job, I wouldn't be able to do it. And I've said that yeah. many a times. Like, yeah. if it was just a job, cooking and serving, I wouldn't be able to do it. Because I put in some some days, like over the weekends, I'll put in 16, 17, 18 hours a day. You cannot do those hours without any pay no. if you were doing it for the money or doing it as a job. Because certainly I can't pay myself anything from here because by the time I've paid the bills and the staff and the overheads there is a heart I always have to put money from my own pocket mm-hmm. like every month mm-hmm. and but but the joy of what I do mm-hmm. is enough like um, I feel like alive and there's a joy in it like if I wake up at four in the morning to cook I don't feel like oh my god I gotta get up initially first five minutes I might think oh my god I gotta get up but once I'm up and doing something, yes. I have that joy, I have that adrenaline yes. of making this, making that, making this, making that. Before I know, I've made yes. four, five, six dishes. 
yeah. and have not even realized three, four hours have gone. So it sounds like you're getting your energy from the, the process of what you're doing, basically. Yeah, That's yeah. where you're getting it from. Yes. Mm -hmm. Fantastic, yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much, Jay. It has been an extremely inspiring talk. Um, I, I didn't actually follow my question sort of literally because it was so interesting what you were saying that would branch out in different directions. But is there anything else that you would like to add to yourself before we sort of have, bring this interview to a conclusion? One thing I would like to say, and I think that that's kind of a little philosophy, is people should be mindful mm -hmm. um, of um, life's little intricacy. And one of the biggest things is people should always think that do I eat to live or do I live to eat? And it's a really important question and we should all ask ourselves that question. And if you can answer that question, that do I eat to live or live to eat, then we would all be very healthy because you should actually eat to live, not live to eat, because there is a big difference in the two. Yes. Wow. So if you eat something, it should be for providing you with energy or some health reason, not just for the sake of eating something. You shouldn't eat something just for yes. the sake of it. Yes. And that, that little thing is eat to live or live to eat. Yeah. That's an amazing thought, I think, to conclude the interview with. So thank, thank you very you. much thank for you very your much. time. You were listening to the How Did They Do It podcast with Kostas Panayot. Should you have a story you would like to share about how you found your own freedom and clarity of purpose, then please email me at kostasthecoach at gmail.com. Likewise, you can follow me on costasthecoach.com website for weekly articles helping and inspiring solopreneurs to find accountability, freedom and purpose in their lives.